All right, yeah, we're really excited that y'all are here and we're ready to get the night started. We've got a really great night planned for you with a great speaker. So yeah, let's get to it. Our speaker for tonight is Father Josh Johnson. Father Josh is the Director of Vocations for the Diocese of Baton Rouge, and he's also the pastor of Our Lady of the Holy Rosary Catholic Church. While he was raised a Catholic, he didn't like the church growing up, but one day in adoration of the Blessed Sacrament, he fell in love with Jesus and perceived the call to become a priest. He's a nationally recognized speaker, and he presents regularly with Ascension Press. He's also the author of Broken and Blessed, An Invitation to My Generation and Pocket Guide to Adoration. You can keep in touch with Father Josh through his weekly podcast, Ask Father Josh. And Father Johnson's greatest desire is to become a saint and form saints for the kingdom of God. So let's give a warm welcome to Father Josh Johnson. Y'all want to pray real quick? Yeah, let's just pray in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Jesus, we love you so much. We should desire you, Lord. Holy Spirit, come and increase our desire for Jesus. Draw us to encounter Jesus tonight in a new way, in areas of our hearts, maybe where we've never invited Jesus to go before. Lord, we want to receive you in a new way this night, and so we just welcome you into this place of our hearts, into the spaces of our lives, where we've never invited you before. You are welcome here, Jesus. You are welcome here tonight. Father, we ask this prayer through your Son, our Lord Jesus Christ, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God forever and ever. Amen. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. So I'm so excited to be with y'all. Uh, this evening, it's, uh, it's just, it's a gift to see your faces. I've been praying for you, um, and, and now we're here, here together. So, just a backstory. I left the church whenever I was in high school, didn't understand Jesus or the church. I was invited to a conference called Steubenville South uh, in 2004. That's where I encountered Jesus Christ for the first time in the, in the Eucharist, in the Blessed Sacrament. I fell in love with Jesus Christ. And, uh, and began to discern the priesthood shortly after that. And so that was my encounter with Jesus. But whenever I was praying about our time together tonight, I, I don't want to talk about my encounter. It's not about my encounter for you to hear about. I just perceive the Lord just, just put on my heart to share with you that he wants you to have your own encounter. Like you to have your own encounter with Jesus tonight. He wants you to see his face. He wants you to see his eyes, the way that he looks at you. Like all of you, not just the parts that you like about yourself, but Jesus sees every part of you, that part that you struggle with the most. He sees you. And Jesus Christ wants intimate dialogue, your own unique relationship. And so the majority of the night is not going to be me speaking. It's going to be us praying together, together, looking at Jesus Christ together this evening, and I'm so excited to do this. I've never done this before. I've never just prayed with people um, for a talk, and so, um, Jesus, you better show up tonight, bro. <laughs> like, 
Otherwise, it's going to be really awkward. Um, one of my good friends, his name is Chris Benzinger. Every day he prays. He has a very beautiful relationship with Jesus, a very intentional relationship, and a very consistent relationship with the Lord. And every day when he goes into his chapel to spend time with Jesus, his prayer room, he always goes with an agenda. He always has a lot of things he wants to talk to God about. I mean, he's a husband, he's a father, he's in full-time ministry, and so there's not always going to be a check available for him. So he really relies on God to provide for him. So there's always a lot for him to talk about with God. But every day, whenever he goes to spend time with God in prayer, before he talks to God about all the things that he is carrying in his heart with regards to his marriage, what's up, Chris? With regards to his marriage, with regards to his, his family, his, his friendships, with regards to all the stuff that he's carrying in his heart, before he even goes there with God, he always reads the Gospel of Luke chapter 15. That's the story of the prodigal son. He always starts with the prodigal son. Prodigal son, most of you know the story. A son told his dad, hey, give me my inheritance. I want to spend it on whatever I want to spend it on. I just want to be happy. I'm aware there's an ache in my heart. I'm aware that I perceive something is missing, and I want to fulfill these desires within me. And he went and he tried to fulfill his desires by grasping at relationships with people in places and things and activities. But the reality is, is all these people, no matter how good they were, and many of them weren't so good for him, or the activities he participated in or the places he went to, they were all finite, which means they were here today and they were gone tomorrow. They were passing and his heart was created with this infinite, this infinite ache, this infinite longing, this infinite thirst that only an infinite God could quench. And here he is spending his life on all this stuff. Now he's destitute and he's without everything and without everyone. And he remembers after he lived a life of grasping he remembered that his father was a good, a good leader. And his father took care of all of his workers. And he said, I'm going to go back to my father because I, I'm hungry. And I know that my father will feed me if I go to work for him. I know my father will give me a place to stay. So whenever the prodigal son began the journey back home to his father, he did not go back home to his father because he wanted to be in a relationship with his father because he believed that his father wanted to be in a relationship with him, he went back to his father because he wanted food. His, his, his motives weren't the most pure motives, but that did not matter at all to God. When the father saw his son, the father ran to his son, and the son's eyes were focused on himself. Oh, father, I messed up. Oh, father, I did this. And the father just wanted the son to take his eyes off of himself momentarily Temporarily, I'm about to rap real quick. <laughs> mic check, mic check, one, two, one. No, the father just wanted to have his son take his eyes off of himself for a moment, just for a moment, to look at him. And when the son took his eyes off of himself and off of all the things that he was carrying, which were very real, his hunger was really there. His homelessness was really there. His want, his need, they were real. But whenever he reoriented his attention away from himself and onto his father, what did he see? 
he was able to not only receive, but whenever he looked at the Father, he was also able to perceive the Father's delight, the Father's unconditional love. The Father saw him in all of his mess. And the Father loved him. The father just wanted to celebrate his son, who he delighted in, not because of what he had done or not done, but for who he was in the father's eyes. I recognize that a, a number of you came here tonight for a number of different reasons. Each one of you, you're carrying different stuff. Some of you came here tonight just because you wanted to get away from studies. Some of you are maybe in an unhealthy relationship and you're trying to figure out where do I go from here and maybe if I go and spend some time at the church, I can better discern what do I need to do. Some of you are here because of a vocation. You're getting ready to graduate from CTK from LSU and you're like, what am I going to do next year? Where is God calling me? Some of you are here because you were just encouraged to come because your friends recognize that you're not happy and something's missing. Each one of you, you came here tonight for a very different reason. And whatever you came here tonight caring, I want you to know that whatever it is, whatever it is that you are carrying in your hearts, it's real. And you ought to reverence it. Whatever you're carrying in the depths of your heart right now, it's very real. And it ought to be reverenced. And God cares about it. <laughs> and even more than that, God cares about you. He does. But just because something is real does not mean that we ought to spend hours upon hours dwelling on it, focusing our attention on that which is real, that sin I struggle with, that lack of clarity with discernment, those feelings of inadequacy those memories, the shame, the pain, whatever it might be, the longings, the desires, it's all real and we need to reverence it. But you know what else is real? Outside the sun. The sun is real. And what happens if we walk outside around, around noon and, and spend an hour looking at the sun? with our eyes, what's going to happen? That's not a rhetorical question. <laughs> what's going to happen? Thank you. <laughs> it's going to hurt. <laughs> right? It's not going to feel too good. And likewise, I think that our Lord wants to invite us to imitate the prodigal son this evening. Take our eyes off of ourselves momentarily and reorient our eyes not on our stuff that's real, but on the face of God and the Eucharist, on the voice of God and the Scriptures. To fix our eyes on the unconditional delight that our Father has for us wherever we're at. And as we are looking at God and as our thoughts and our feelings and our desires arise in our hearts tonight in prayer, I want to invite us to examine those thoughts and those feelings and those desires through the lens of the Father's delight. 
My father sees me. He's not going anywhere. My father knows me. He knows everything about me. My father absolutely wants me. He really loves me. So whatever stirs up, I want to invite us to acknowledge and to relate to the Lord through the lens of God the Father's delight. Now, how do we stay focused on, on God and not given to distractions? Because some of us tonight struggle with ADD, including myself, right? Like I'm, I'm doing something and all of a sudden I see a fly and I'm like, ooh, right? So how do we remain attentive to the conversation that the Father is inviting us to engage in with Jesus this evening? Um, one way is, is through, through speaking out loud. Right? One of my favorite things to do is to go and find an empty chapel anywhere, anywhere in the country. Whenever I travel at a conference, I always try to find like an empty chapel somewhere because like when I pray, I like to sing, I stand, I sit, I kneel, and I don't sing like praise and worship songs, no offense. Like when I sing to Jesus, it's like Luther Vandross and Voice to Men. And y'all, it goes down in those chapels, right? And the worst thing for me is for someone else to come in the chapel. I mean, it's it's great for Jesus because like people are visiting him. But for me, I'm like, really? Like, did you not hear me in here singing? So, so. We want to encourage you tonight to, like, to, to sing, to be attentive to the face of God, the voice of God. As you're singing, to be attentive, is, is this the Holy Spirit inviting me to say these words to Jesus, or is, is this Jesus singing these words to me? And many of you received a paper and a pen this evening. If you want to write those down, whatever's sticking out to you, write it down. Right? To, to, to speak to the Lord, Lord Jesus. Not to speak whenever, like, out loud, if it's completely silent, because that could disturb other people as they're praying. Whenever I was in seminary, there's a seminarian, um, and every time he received communion, he would always come back to the pew, and he would start talking to Jesus out loud, which is really cool, right? Like, he loved the Lord so much, he talked out loud. But the problem is, is like, everybody else is trying to pray, too. And so it's completely silent, and he's like, oh, Jesus, I love you so much. Oh, God, I, I just really love you right now. And, like, I'm sitting right next to him. I'm like, bruh, shut up. Like, I love Jesus too, but I can't focus on Jesus because you keep talking. So, like, like just, if you want to remain attentive to the Jesus so you can know who you're talking to and what you're talking about this evening, then I want to encourage you to write it down. Like, write it down. If your handwriting's really messy, put yourself on an airplane mode right now and then use it in your note section. But that way you're attentive to the conversation with God tonight. You're attentive to his gaze, to his eyes, to his voice, to his face. As the scriptures are proclaimed this evening, as the songs are being sung, whatever arises in your heart, I just want to encourage you to write to Jesus, to talk to Jesus about it, and to listen to Jesus talk to you. If you don't perceive anything, that's fine. Just look at Jesus and listen and be in the presence but tonight, God wants to invite all of us to have a unique encounter with him. And so we're going to just journey this evening in the word of God before the Blessed Sacrament. When the Eucharist comes out, we're going to invite everyone to, to kneel down in the beginning. And then you can sit if that's more conducive to you receiving. You can stay kneeling. You can lie prostrate. However you pray best, we want to invite you to get in that position, that posture before the Lord. In the beginning, we're all going to kneel, though. And we're going to journey with Jesus in the Blessed Sacrament 
with the disciples, with St. Peter, and with his brothers. And just be attentive. What's going on in my heart? As this song is being sung, as this scripture is being proclaimed, as Father Josh is leading this meditation, what's happening? Just talk to Jesus. Because instead of talking about encounters this evening, I believe that the Holy Spirit wants to invite all of us, all of us, to have an encounter. So we reverence everything that you're carrying. We reverence it all. It's all very real. But momentarily, we want to invite everyone to not come tonight with an agenda, but to come tonight with eyes looking at Jesus and ears available to listen to Jesus and mouths ready to speak, not to ourselves, not to our neighbors, but to speak to Jesus. For this evening, we are going to encounter Jesus Christ. Back in, uh, in 2012, I, uh, I was just in a really bad place with Jesus. <laughs> I was in seminary and I was preparing for ordination to the diaconate. And everything was just really dry. I couldn't feel him anymore and I couldn't see him anymore. Um, in studies uh, or in prayer, I felt just abandoned by my closest friends. And it was in that time that I was, uh, I was able to go to Calcutta and spend some time with Mother Teresa's sisters. And I remember distinctly a moment being in the Adoration Chapel with the sisters feeling just completely vulnerable and stripped of everything that I loved. And it was in that moment of like seeing Jesus in that chapel. Um, it was as if I saw him for the first time again. <laughs> and I just, I, I recognized him that like, Jesus, you really are enough. And you really are sufficient. And you really are all that I want and all that I need. And all that I'm looking for. And I imagine like that, that encounter that I had with Jesus was similar to what like Peter experienced. Whenever Peter and, and Andrew, like they'd been looking for so long, and they'd been walking with John the Baptist, and they'd been waiting for the Messiah and aching for, for something more. And John the Baptist said, Behold the Lamb of God. Behold the Lamb. And Andrew went and began to follow Jesus. And he invited Peter to come with them. And they stayed with Jesus for a while. They were walking with Jesus and they were talking with Jesus and they were abiding with Jesus in relationship with Jesus. Then at some point, we don't really know why, but Peter like stopped walking with Jesus. He kind of gave up on that relationship and he went back to being a fisherman. He went back to his former way of life. 
when he, when he fished, it wasn't just a hobby. It was, it was a way of life. It was a statement. He was saying, is this what I'm going to do forever? Um, maybe he left because John the Baptist was being persecuted and he was scared of suffering or, or I don't know, maybe just life got busy. But for whatever reason, Peter left Jesus. And whenever Peter left you, Jesus, Jesus, you, you didn't leave Peter. And Jesus, you went after Peter, and you found Peter where he was at. He wasn't in prayer, and he wasn't in a Bible study. He wasn't in worship, Jesus. He was fishing. And you went back to him, Jesus, and you called him by name. You saw him. Saw him who was in a relationship with you and who walked away from you. And you called him by his name. And you invited him again to come and walk with you. You knew his sins. You knew the ways in which he had let you down. You knew what he had done when he walked with you and what he had not done, Jesus. And you still went after him. And the gospel tells us that Jesus, whenever you went after him, that Peter said to you, Lord, depart from me. I'm a sinful man. Jesus, Peter saw himself not as you saw him. He saw himself as someone that was just inadequate. And he didn't have what it, what it, what it took. He just didn't feel like you would want him. Jesus. You did not see Peter the way he saw himself, Jesus. You did not know Peter the way that he thought he knew himself. With all the lies that he believed because of the way that other people maybe were living their life, the way that he just felt like he couldn't. And Jesus, just like Peter, I mean, how often have I, me, I, your priest, <laughs> How often have I fallen back my, my commitments to you? Whether it's because of like my, my struggles with, with sins, ongoing, ongoing sins or vices. Whether it's because of just busyness, busyness of life. That I, I didn't intend to stop walking with you, Jesus, but I just got really busy doing a lot of really important things right now in my life, Jesus. Maybe it's because of like my own just discernment and vocation. And I, I've gotten so overwhelmed and so filled with anxiety about the future that instead of just putting that, that discernment on the shelf, Jesus, I put you on the shelf. But, but whether or not it was because of any of those reasons or if any of those things are even applicable to my life or whatever it might be, Jesus. You've not given up on me. In the midst of all the lies that I might believe about myself, you know the truth of who I am. And uh, so, Jesus, I just ask that you just give me the grace to communicate to you, whether it's on paper or phone or, or however it is to just communicate 
where I'm at with you right now. And to then, after communicating with you where I'm at, just give me the grace that you gave to Peter. Just take my eyes off of this. Focus my eyes on you, Jesus. And just tell me how you see me, Lord. Tell me how you know me. God, please just tell me that you love me still. And how you love me. Because however it was for Peter that he perceived your love, it was enough for him to drop everything he was holding on to. To follow you again. Jesus is inviting us this evening he's inviting us he's not um, imposing himself on us forcing us but he's simply proposing that we follow him we walk with him so we can receive his love he's the same yesterday and today and forever and yesterday he was walking on the water and, and Peter said like, Lord, like call me to come to you and I, I will come. And Jesus invited Peter to walk on water. And Peter was able to have a beautiful encounter with Jesus because he was able to let go of everything he was holding on to. He was able to let go of everything. Sometimes we hold on to things because uh, they, they, they just make us comfortable and like the apostles they did not get off the boat the apostles they stayed on the boat but Jesus was not on the boat he was in the water and he invited Peter to walk with him there and the apostles stayed because they were comfortable staying there but there was something more for the apostles to receive and and they weren't able to receive more because they were holding on to the boat and I know tonight we've come here this evening there's so many priests available this evening. Priests who are available to receive, to receive whatever it is that we've been holding on to. Maybe there's a sin that we've never been able to confess. Maybe there's a sin that we keep falling into. Whatever it might be, sometimes we, because we hold on to that, if our hands are holding on to it, our hands are not open to receive the gift that God has before us. Jesus is reaching out his hand this evening. He's just saying, let it go. <laughs> let go of your comparison to where you used to be or where you want to be or where someone else is. Let go. Let go of your frustration. Let go of that anger. Let go of your shame. Let go of that condemnation because of your thoughts, your imagination. And he's inviting us to let go of those 
lies, those sins, to let go, let go of it all. That relationship that we keep going back to because we think if I stay in it, it's going to make me happy and it never really makes me happy. That thought, if I, if I just keep thinking about it, then maybe, no, let it go. In the activity center tonight, we have a number of priests who are available. And so as you spend time with Jesus, I want to invite you to go follow him in the confessional. We have some ushers available to help you facilitate those encounters with Jesus and his priest. So that you can receive and perceive the depths of the love that he has for you. That we just can't see clearly if we stay on the boat. We need the Lord, his grace to help us. So we can ask the Lord to just bring up whatever it is that might be something that I'm holding on to. some things I'm holding on to that are preventing me from abiding mm, a relationship with Jesus. fullness of the gift that he wants to give to me. Tonight. So I'm, I'm, I, um, I'm not infallible and, and quite often I, I discern things wrong and so give you the freedom to reject this if it's not true <laughs> but I just I perceive right now that, that there's a lie um, here in the church <laughs> that the enemy is speaking a lie maybe to some of you tonight saying like yeah like I, I hear you but like not me though there's not more for me though because I I don't know, for whatever reason, it's just like, yeah, maybe for other people, but not me. Um, whether it's because of something I've done or what's been done to me or just the way that things just always happen in my life, I just, I don't believe that it's possible for me to be able to, like, abide in, in Jesus and Jesus being really sufficient for me. And if this is you, like this lie is not a new lie. It's been here for thousands of years. And I, just, I really think Peter struggled with this lie because um, even after Peter walked on water and after Peter heard the voice of the Father on the top of Mount Tabor, you know, Peter still struggled a lot. And there are some struggles that we experience that sometimes we, we just think are like disqualify us from whatever blessing it is that it 
others might be able to have that we just can't have. I don't know. Freedom's not possible for me. You don't know how long I've struggled, whatever it might be. After Peter had denied Jesus during the passion of Christ, um, and Jesus died and rose from the dead, Jesus again went to Peter and the other apostles, and, he, and he, the first words he said weren't, I told you so, or, um, man, I really, I really messed up by choosing you. Or I don't want you anymore. He didn't, he didn't say any of that. He said, peace be with you. Peace be with you. And I guess for whatever reason, Peter, he heard Jesus say these words, and he, maybe he thought, yeah, yeah, Jesus, like, you're talking to them, but you're not talking to me, Jesus. You can't be talking to me because, like, you invited me into the garden. You invited me places that you never took them. You invited me to have experiences to walk on the water and to hear the Father's voice. So, so Jesus, when you say peace, peace be with you, you must be talking to James and to John and to Thomas and to Matthew, but you cannot be talking to me because what, what I did is worse than what, what they done. My thoughts are worse than their thoughts. My habitual sins are worse than theirs. The lies, I believe, are worse than theirs, whatever it is. And, and again, the gospel tells us, Jesus, that Peter left you and went to go fishing. He said, hey, I'm going fishing. And I have to believe that when he went fishing, it wasn't as a hobby. Jesus, that was his way of life. He once again was just saying, I, I'm just not cut out for this. So maybe like there's more graces for other people in the confessional, but not for me. Because I've been to confession and I, I've done the same sin again and again. So it's just not for me. Maybe there's more experiences, ways which you are drawing other people to fall in love with you, Jesus. But it's not going to happen for me because it's just not happening. But Jesus, you're so good. You're so good. Again, you went after Peter where he was, Jesus. And in the Gospel of John, the beloved disciple tells us that, that Peter was, he was stripped as he was fishing, and whenever he saw it was you, he covered himself up. Jesus, that, that just reminds me of like Adam and Eve in the garden. <laughs> they, they, they hurt you. And after they, after they sinned, after they fell, they went hiding. And as God, as, as you came to them, they covered themselves up. They hid themselves out of shame. But Lord, you, you, you don't hold anything back from us. When you went to Peter, Gave Peter everything again. You're totally vulnerable with this, Jesus. Even when we think not me, you still come to me. And you show me that, that nothing's going to separate 
Nothing's going to stop you from pursuing me and inviting me again and again to this relationship. Lord, we know that Peter eventually did follow you again. He messed up again, but he got back up again, and he followed you again. And eventually, Jesus, he gave you everything, too. He held nothing back. So, Jesus, I just ask that you give us the grace to perceive your intense love for us, your love that holds nothing back so that we can receive that love. So that we can trust in that love. Our trust has been broken by some of our friends, by people that we really we really trusted. We're going to be there and they're not. And so we struggle with trust sometimes, Jesus. So we just ask that you give us the grace to let go of whatever we're holding on to, whatever mask we're wearing in your presence, whatever we're using to protect ourselves. Because we don't have to be safe with you. Because you are safe. Jesus, we invite you to come. Come into those places of our hearts where we've never invited you before. And we don't have to look at those places, Jesus. We're just going to look at you. But you know, God. You know. And you are welcome. Thank you for listening to the Christ the King at LSU podcast. The ministry here is possible thanks to our generous supporters. If you would like to become a CTK Golden Giver or learn more, please check our website. Your monthly financial support reaches hearts across LSU's campus and beyond. Details can be found on the website at ctklsu.org.